Hello, this is the Drucker Forum Report. I'm Peter Day, and this is a podcast about what's in the air and up for discussion at the 8th Global Peter Drucker Forum. The forum takes place in Vienna in the middle of November. It's where hundreds of people gather every year to discuss the latest trends in companies, organizations, and society inspired by the great management thinker, the late Professor Peter Drucker. He was born in Vienna, and he went on having formative ideas about how society works into his 90s. He died in 2005. And this year's forum theme is the Entrepreneurial Society. With me for this podcast is one of the forum's main speakers, M.B. Christie. M.B., yes, that's her first name, or the way she wants to be called. M.B. is Chief Operating Officer of Tech City UK, an organisation based in London to encourage and promote tech entrepreneurship across Britain. Now, M.B., it is a, an odd first name. That means you come from the South in America, does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. Um, my name is Mary Beth. Uh, but I've been called MB since birth, and I think it's because my parents couldn't figure out one name. <laughs> Whether you should be Mary or Beth, so they gave you both. Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay, that's that's solved that mystery. Tech City, what is it? What does it do? Tech City is a nonprofit, government-backed organization whose mission is to accelerate digital growth in the UK, and we've done that primarily by helping the entrepreneurs, tech entrepreneurs, build up their companies and scale them. And we work a lot with government to work on policy with, to, to help build the runways for those tech entrepreneurs. So you're at the interface between government activity and individual entrepreneurship. And you're taking part at the Drucker Forum in a discussion which is headlined, State-Owned Business, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Where do you start? To clarify, we aren't state-owned, but we are state-backed. So we are a publicly backed organization, but we're private. And I think that what we've seen is that gives us a lot of independence to work with the entrepreneurs. We have a lot of integrity with them. They, they know that we are not civil servants. But at the same time, it gives us a lot of uh, influence and with the government because they know that we have the true voice of the entrepreneurs behind us. Yes, but these people are entrepreneurs, and that suggests that they have an independence of spirit that doesn't want a lot of uh, interference by somebody else, doesn't it? It, it does, but if you look at the stats, 31% of startups and scale-ups in the UK are funded through government grants, and quite a few of those are EU. So we have a culture here of government actually helping support young and fragile businesses at the very early stage to help them grow. Now that gets into the thorny question of picking winners. Do you pick winners when you, um, or do you suggest that organizations that can put money into these startup businesses pick winners? Is that what you do? What we do specifically with entrepreneurs is we've built up really four different programs to help them at different stages of their maturity. We do that through competitions. So they apply for these programs. One is called Northern Stars. That's in the north and it's a for seed level for the very beginning stages of a company. Another one is called Upscale and that's for those who have Series A venture capital, which is their first step onto the professional investor rung. And then the third is Future 50, which is for companies that are at late stage. So they're scaling very rapidly towards an exit. And each of those companies need a lot of mentoring, which is what we do. We pair them with mentors. We do not give funding ourselves, but by curating 
and helping the most promising businesses at each of these different levels of maturity, it helps investors see which ones are the most promising. Does it suggest that these startups and the way they grow, it's about people with good technical ideas who don't have the expertise of this financial investing world? Is that the, the gap that people like you can help with and that the funds that put money into them can, can do something about? Yes, that's right. And I think it's not just the gap around financial knowledge, but it's also how to run a business. Many of them are very young, and the entrepreneurial culture is really tech culture, is, is quite young in this country compared to, say, the U.S., where Silicon Valley has been doing it for 50, 60 years. So we, we are helping accelerate their understanding um, and education in this space. How do you assess your uh, success then? What do you measure it by? In that way, I must say it's good that we're government-backed because we get monitored every month by the government asking what our impact is. We measure by several things. One is by amount of investment raised by these companies that are involved in our programs. Another one is the MPS net promoter score. So they assess us on the, was this a program that you would recommend to others? The other thing we do is we have a digital business skills education because we have quite a few people who have come to us and said, I'm interested in starting a business, but I don't even know how. So we started online digital education courses called Digital Business Academy, and it's 11 online courses that are absolutely free that teach you everything from digital marketing to digital product development to how to measure <laughs> your success. And we've had over 12,000 people in training and 12% completion rates on these courses, which for a online courses is very, very high. It's what about failure rate? A lot of startups fail. We know that from all over the world. Failure in Silicon Valley doesn't matter. You dust yourself off and start up all over again. In other parts of the world, perhaps in Britain still, failure is a sort of scar that you carry for a long time afterwards. Your companies have, well, I imagine quite a large failure rate. Actually, we haven't had such a large failure rate, but the failures we've had have been quite big. Like there was a company called POA, who was a very large Future 50 company, and they went had to go bankrupt. What we've done with that, though, is use that to tell stories back to the other Future 50 companies. And a lot of what we do with the, the mentors we use, who are big names in the tech community, they have come back and told their war stories to the founders and entrepreneurs and the, the teams of those people. And that has helped them overcome challenges or see when challenges are too big and perhaps they need to pivot move into another direction. Now, pivoting is this thing that uh, everybody here in this building, because we're in one of the incubator spaces of Silicon Roundabout, as it's called, <laughs> close to the city of London, which is sprung up as a high-tech development area. But um, pivoting is a very important component of growing a business. You have to know when your initial idea is running out of steam and you want the oomph to be continued probably in a completely different direction. Mm. It's sort of skiing, is mm. it? That's right. Investors always say they invest in people first and the idea is second. So as long as your investors believe in you and you can show that your new idea is going to be as great as the last idea, then chances are they'll, they'll follow you there. A lot of people I talk to in London say, 
at some stage they have to go to America because funding is understood there, because the marketplace is works so fast, you can fail fast in America much more easily than here, for example. There is this constant temptation across the Atlantic from Europe, isn't there? There is, and I was just in San Francisco last week, but the message certainly is that might be true for right now and for the next maybe five years or something. But as we build this ecosystem up, it is becoming less true. It is easier now to get finance in London than it was five years ago or even three years ago. And it's going to be easier throughout the rest of Europe as well. Um, it just takes time for the ecosystem to build. And in Silicon Valley, they've had seven generations of people building great businesses, reinvesting to build up the next round. Here we've only had 15 years. We've only had the first dot-com boom in 2000 and the one basically we've been going through for the last five years, really. Now you've got Brexit to deal with, and that's going to make things hard for this cozy high-tech world in Silicon Roundabout and the rest of Britain, isn't it? It's suddenly rethinking the whole of what you do here. It, it, it does ref, uh, force everybody to take a pause, that's for sure. One good thing about entrepreneurs is they, they like to solve problems. They like to solve hard problems. So they are, as a group, I think a bit more optimistic than, than your normal executive at, at a regular company that's been there 100 years. So we're flipping it on heads and say, okay, what are the areas that we really need to focus on? Obviously, talent is the big one, talent, digital skills. For the tech sector, being able to employ people, the best and brightest people across the world, is really important. Um, we can't keep our edge without that. So there needs to be some allowance for people coming in from abroad. Mm. Yes, that's right. Well, entrepreneurship is the subject of this year's Global Drucker Forum in Vienna in November. Many thanks to M.B. Christie, Chief Operating Officer of Tech City UK. She'll be speaking there. I'm Peter Day. This is the Drucker Forum Report. More podcasts coming up soon. <laughs>